Hey y'all, hey. So today I will be discussing two separate cases. Both involve children. We'll be diving into the unsolved case of Orson and Orton West, also known as the California City Boys, and the solved case of Charles Bothell V that caught America's attention from an interview with the one and only Nancy Grace. <laughs> What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Crime Time with the Fine Dime. I'm your crime plug, Charlie J. How you doing? How you been? Y'all better have been safe out there. So, as you heard from the trailer, we will be discussing two cases today. Just think of this as a special episode. I missed one week and I already had the episode scheduled and I really wanted to research both of the cases. So, like I said, just consider this a very special episode for y'all, especially if you're like me and love to binge. Now, before we go on, y'all know we got to get into our dumbest criminal of the day. So, y'all, before I became a stay-at-home mom, I was a bank teller very briefly, basically just throughout my pregnancy. And this dumb criminal cracked me up even more because, babes, what were you thinking for real? And a lot of bank robberies happened this way, but the way he was caught was just the dumbest way. So, like many other bank robberies, this 40-year-old guy decided to pass a bank teller a note. They said, be quick, be quiet, give your cash, or I'll shoot. First of all, he spelled quiet wrong. He spelled it like, be quick, be quit, instead of quiet, but whatever. We already knew that was strike one right there. So, he could have gotten away with $400. But this idiot wrote this note on the back of a payslip. Which, I mean, it would have been fine, but the other piece of the payslip, honey, was on the ground outside of the bank with his name and address on it. What's crazy is he probably would have gotten away with it had you had a regular piece of paper. Not your doggone payslip. Like, come on now. Crazy to yourself. <laughs> but anyways, who child, this... Week wraps up our week of missing cases, and I decided to discuss two cases, one solved and one unsolved. So let's dive into this unsolved case first. This case was actually requested a couple of times, so again, let's go ahead and get into it. Let's talk about Orrin and Orson West, also known as the California City Boys. Now, I never heard of this case until it was requested. This is a problem in the black community as it really, like, it just really has to stop. Thankfully, my classmate knew about it and requested it so we can all hear about it. So let's get into a little bit of the background on the boys, the California City boys. Both boys were adopted. Their biological mother, Ryan Dean, Named her babies Sincere with the C and Classic Pettis. Ryan stated that she came home from work one day and noticed her oldest son cry was just not normal. So, you know, like parents know their babies cry and she was just like, uh-uh, this, 
this ain't right. Let me take my baby to the hospital so we can see what's up. So doctors told Ryan that her son's femur bone, his thigh bone, was broken and twisted some kind of way. And she was confused because she didn't know how this happened to him. I mean, she came home from work and he was crying. It doesn't say that he was left with a babysitter or what. I don't know if the person was a family member or whatnot. But all I know is she came home from work and saw her baby injured and she hit the ground running and tried to get her baby some help. This led to doctors calling Child Protective Services on her and her children ended up being taken away. I'm sure this was a very traumatic separation because Ryan just took her child to the ER to find out what's wrong. She stated that she did not have any prior offenses, a good record, never been to jail, or have anything on police records, yet her babies were taken away in a blink of an eye. Like, that's, that's crazy. The system fails so many children, and like, this child was injured once, and the mom immediately went to the ER to have her baby still taken away when she had no prior offenses. That's weird to me, but she has not seen her boy since 2018. Sincere and Classic were eventually fostered and then adopted by Trezell and Jacqueline West, and their names then changed to Orin and Orson West. The Wests already had four other children, two biological and two adopted. The adoption was finalized in 2019, and the next year, they moved to California City. On December 21st, 2020, Jacqueline was wrapping Christmas presents, and Jacqueline Trezell thought, probably like any parent would, from what they explained, that, you know, they probably don't want the kids to see the presents, maybe, or just kind of be out of the way so they can hurry up and you know, play, I'm sorry, hurry up and wrap the presents and all that stuff. So they decided that it was safe for them to play outside on the back patio with their sidewalk chalk. The backyard was gated, so I mean, I would think it's pretty safe as well. Getting into the Christmas spirit, Trezell wanted to start a fire in the fireplace. So he went outside to gather some wood. He had to leave the yard, so he opened the gate and came back with wood. And as he was walking into the house, he saw the boys in the same spot they left them, still playing. After dropping off the wood, I'm guessing he wanted to go back out and check on the boys. But again, in a blink of an eye, they were gone. Like, they just vanished. Trezell said he panicked because he left the gate open. He stated he hit the ground running trying to find them and even asked the bystander if he saw them and no luck. So what's weird to me is the way he said he had to exit the home. He exited the home through the back door where the boys was and opened the back gate to get into the front part of the home. So why not just go out the front door? I don't know. That little bit just didn't make sense to me. I don't know. Y'all let me know if it made sense to y'all. Because it dang sure didn't make sense to me, honey. So, neighbors 
surveil had surveillance cameras, and it showed Trezell entering the white family van at around 5.32 p.m. I'm assuming to try to search the area to see if they could find him, right? So at 6 p.m., the family called the police to help in their search. So I guess after Trezell drove around the neighborhood, he couldn't find them, couldn't spot them anywhere. So he decided to finally call the police at 6 p.m. So California City Police and local volunteers searched and searched for them. The West said the police advised them to stay home during the search. At first, I thought that was weird, but then I was like, you know, maybe they said that just in case the boys return home, someone they know should be there. Like, I would hate for a missing child to return home to an empty house, especially if they could potentially be running for their lives, like, in danger. Volunteers and local police searched the town and the surrounding desert in California City, and still no luck. The boys were officially missing overnight. A warrant was then given to search the West home. They searched the home high and low and even used the K-9 unit, and they were able to conclude the boys did have a scent inside the home, but did not have a scent of the boys leaving the home. That is so weird to me, and I'm sure it is for a lot of you as well. California City Chief of Police John Walker said that, this is a direct quote, what I do truly believe that night there's no way that they could have gotten out of their neighborhood without some sort of assistance from an adult. We've searched every nook and cranny in that house multiple times. I am 110% certain those boys are not in that house. Again, they searched the house high and low, even taking evidence out of the home and even digging up the backyard. Like, where are these boys? Where, where they at? Okay. So, I'm sure y'all was just as suspicious about the adoptive parents like the police was because I know I was suspicious as I was doing my research. Like... How can the K-9 unit sniff the children inside the home and they were playing outside and then suddenly disappeared, but the dogs can't catch a scent of them leaving the home? So they couldn't have left on their own or ran to the front yard or something like, I don't know, that's weird. During this ordeal, the West other four children was removed from the home and placed in foster care. They do have to complete a court case in order to get their children back. We don't know if they even did all that to get their children back. I couldn't find anything backing it up. The West also have not really spoken to the media about the disappearance of Orrin and Orson West. They also left their California city home and moved back to Bakersfield. Some people are getting quite aggressive with their home, like... From my research, someone threw a rock in the window of the home and someone also screwed a sign on the house that said, where are the boys? I mean, the community is frustrated. Where are these boys? Some people, though, left gifts at the home, you know, like a, a tribute to Orrin and Orson. Y'all, this is just so strange to me. Like, 
the interview they said well the interview they didn't seem really concerned to me um Orin and Orson's biological mom was crying, pleading, trying to tell her story and wanted to find her boys because, I mean, she still loves them and she wants them back. But Jacqueline and Trezell, they seemed kind of nonchalant. I don't know. They didn't seem as stressed as a parent would be with their children missing. And then again, how in the world a canine unit could have picked up a scent of the boys being removed from the yard? Like, if they ran out the backyard, they could have caught the scent of them running in the street. Like, something. I honestly think the boys may have been missing before it was even reported. This is just, I mean, it's, it's so suspicious to me. The biological family are way more involved in the searches and vigils and the West are nowhere to be found at any of the events. Like, why? What could you possibly be doing besides trying to get all your children back? I'm confused because you lost all six of them. There unfortunately has been no other updates on the case, but the biological family of who I will call sincere and classic, the name their mother gave them, have not given up and they won't. I hope they get answers very soon. If you do have any information or even the smallest detail on the disappearance of the California City Boys, please call the Kern Secret Witness Hotline at 661-322-4040. Rewards are now set to $125,000. Y'all, let's continue to say their names and tell their story so these sweet boys can be returned home to their rightful home. Y'all, so we are discussing two cases today, and I wanted to end our month of missing cases with the solved one to give our anxiety some kind of relief, child. So our next case is the mysterious disappearance and very public finding of Charles Barthel V, also known as Charlie. So just so you know, as I go on with this story, I will be referring to Charles Bothell V as Charlie and his father, Charles Bothell IV, as Charles. This case made national news and was made famous by none other than the tough, informative, no-nonsense television journalist, Miss Nancy Grace. Like, y'all, our little black babies rarely get national media coverage when they go missing, but this case did, and it was a huge step in the right direction to quickly find Charlie. This case happened in Detroit, Michigan, and there's not a lot on Charlie's background. All I could find was that Charlie was living with his father, Charles Bothell IV, and his stepmother, Monique Dillard Bothell, at the time of his disappearance. So this case is so strange to me, and I honestly don't know if we have all the facts on it. So let's get into the timeline on his disappearance and finding, and then we'll get into the court proceedings where we will learn a lot of in-between details. 
So, on June 16th, 2014, this was the last day Charles saw his 12-year-old son and reported him missing. They searched for Charlie, and the next day, police asked the public for help to find him. So, of course, like any other crime, we have got to investigate the people closest to him first. On June 21st, 2014, Charles stated that he took a polygraph test about the investigation, but the test results came back inconclusive. Now, that could mean anything. We just don't know. I'm not an expert in lie detector test, honey. So, in the words of Bailey Syrian, honey, it was still super suspicious. Okay? A few days later, on the 24th, police used police dogs to search for Charlie in the townhome again. And Charles was out doing interviews trying to find his son. Now, y'all, this is when the ish hit the fan. And please know that I'm not laughing at poor Charlie's expense in his situation. But I'm laughing at the way Nancy Grace told Charles and his reaction. Because, <laughs> baby, just wait, okay? So, on the 25th of June, Charles was doing an interview live with the great Nancy Grace Something a lot of black parents don't get the opportunity to do to help find their children. And while doing the interview, pleading for help, Nancy Grace got news in her earpiece, her teleprompter, or something, child. Nancy Grace got this piece of news hot off the press, okay? Probably when they was walking out the townhouse, she got it hot off the press, Charlie was found at home, baby. He was found at home, right in the basement of the townhouse, barricaded behind some boxes that stacked up to about six feet high with a blanket, some food and whatnot. And y'all, this man's face and his acts like, he was like, what? He was found where? Huh? Like hyperventilating. And I'm like, mm, seems rather fake to me, sir. And Nancy's face when she told him, man, I hollered because, sir, I was like, now, Charles, why are you acting surprised? You had to know what that baby was. Because, like, his reaction seemed so forced to me, y'all. Like, he was forcing himself to look shocked. And Nancy was just looking and blinking like, you have something to say? Or we just going to do the diddy stare at each other? Like, <laughs> what? what? What do you have to say for yourself? Y'all, when I first saw this clip on this interview, I was like, see, uh-uh. Let me look up this case. And find out that Charlie was being severely abused and relieved to be found and taken from the home. Now, I'm going to put out a trigger warning because I will be going into detail on the court proceedings. And it does heavily mention all the abuse Charlie endured while living with his father and stepmother. This poor baby had to testify in court and tell his whole story 
Charlie said he was pulled out of school after a month of being in the fifth grade and homeschooled very poorly by his father, so much so that when he returned to school, when he was, you know, returned to his birth mom, he felt so lost and he just didn't know as much as the other children. He just wasn't taught or just didn't know. It was just a, a major setback for him. He would also have to wake up at 5 a.m. every morning to perform a vigorous exercise routine. And if he would complain or could not complete the exercises or his school assignments, his father would beat him and would, of course, still have to complete everything after being beat. He slept in the den of the home. I'm assuming they made it into a room for him because the couple did have two other children and Charlie was living with them for about two years. So he didn't live with them his whole life. So I'm assuming they just made the den into a bedroom for him to make space. But another form of punishment was standing in the corner doing something his father called reaching for excellence which is standing for long periods of time with his arms in the air and not being able to put them down until his father said so. During these beatings, Charlie said he would beg for his father to stop, saying, please stop, and I promise I'll do better. Those were direct quotes from Charlie. Charles threatened to send Charlie to military school in Utah or Haiti. Like, sir, threatening to send this baby to a whole other country? Like, wait a minute. He also said that Monique would choke and punch him on multiple occasions. Charlie said that he was not allowed outside, so he didn't have any, like, neighborhood friends. He could only go outside if he was going to the grocery store with his stepmother or going with her to take his brother to school. So I'm assuming Charlie was the only one that was being homeschooled. Charlie tried to run away once, but he was found by police three short hours later and was sent back home. When he was returned home, he stated that his father beat him all over with a PVC pipe. And they showed um, the pipe in the court proceedings. And y'all, he was doing some damage. And that wasn't the only time he was beaten with the pipe. He was beaten on multiple occasions. He said he didn't tell his mother or anyone because he didn't think it would make a difference. Now, this bothered my soul to the core, okay? Defense attorney Sean Patrick Smith did not believe Charlie endured any type of abuse. He said, and I quote, everybody's got a motive. He wants to live with his mom. That's it. Like I know some kids can be manipulative, but I don't know none. I don't think he'll make up something like that. He wouldn't lie about that. That's, mm-hmm. And then as we keep going, you'll know that he really didn't lie. Smith said he found Charlie's testimony not credible. He also said that the door to the basement was not locked, and during cross-examination, Ducker, the police detective that found Charlie, said that Charlie looked okay when he was found, but, like, what's that supposed to mean? You expected a battered child that frequently endures abuse to run out of the basement to freedom? 
And then Charlie said Monique often threatened to murder him and said no one would know because he's homeschooled and he didn't have any neighborhood friends. He was barely outside. So I'm sure that baby believed that. Man, the boy feared for his life, okay? Like, huh? You really want him to walk out that basement and say, I'm free. Like, it's just, it's no big deal because the door is unlocked. I could just walk out of here. Ducker stated that Charlie was so relieved when he asked if his father was there and he found out that he wasn't. Now, please keep in mind, Ducker was not condoning the fact that Charlie was lying. He was just stating what he saw. Um, and then Dr. Dina Nazar or Nazar of Children's Hospital of Michigan testified that Charlie was in fact abused. And also Charles confessed to beating Charlie with that PVC pipe. And Smith still said Charlie was, and I quote again, a liar. Like, sir, please find something else to do besides demonizing a child. Go ahead and tell your boss that you might lose this case. Because, uh-uh, I, I don't like that. Mm -mm. He was really trying to make it seem like Charlie was just a flat-out liar that wanted to live with his mom. So he made up all these stories about being abused. Never mind the fact that his father confessed to using the PVC pipe to punish him. Never mind the fact that the doctor at the children's hospital said that he was being abused. And never mind the fact that he was literally found in a freaking basement barricaded behind six feet of boxes. Come on now. Like, Mr. Smith, come on. Mm. So, y'all, I know y'all wanted to know... What they will be serving, and child, you will be just as disappointed as I was. Still am. I'm fed up. So Charles took a plea deal and pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor of fourth-degree child abuse instead of first-degree child abuse and was sentenced to 18 months of probation. Yep, you heard me right. No time behind bars, just 18 months of probation. That's it. Not even for the two years that this child was staying with them and being abused. Not even for the full two years. 18 months. And he has to take anger management classes. Yep. Anger management classes. Now, thankfully, he can no longer contact his son, Charlie. So, yeah, he pretty much, he got away with it. And he's roaming these streets free, just walking around like he ain't do nothing. Money's sentence has not been made public, but honestly, I think she's walking around free, too, because I did read somewhere that this record of her child abuse, her participation in the child abuse, will be sealed as long as she stays out of trouble with the law. I don't know how true that is, though. But now before I go on, I have to tell you, honey, Charles tried to sue Nancy Grace Child for defamation of character. Um, you know, it was on national news, so he was like, he's losing jobs, he's losing employment opportunities, you know, it just ruined his character. 
Sir Nancy Grace didn't ruin your character. The abuse then, being found guilty of child abuse, ruined your character. Nancy Grace just relayed the message. Like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think he has a case. But I was unable to find any episodes. I mean, I'm sorry, any updates on the case. So, mm, I don't know why he's trying to sue her. Like, all she did was tell the truth and stare at him with an answer. Don't shoot messenger now. Don't do that, Charles, because you know what you was doing now. Silver lining, though, Charlie is back home with his mother and does not have to suffer the abuse of his father and stepmother. And I hope he is thriving and getting the therapy I'm sure he needed and maybe still needs. So, y'all, what do you think of the two cases covered today? Do you think the adoptive parents of the California City Boys had something to do with their disappearance? Do you think they should be returned to their biological mother when found or returned back to the West? Hmm. Do y'all think Charlie could be lying about the abuse? And what do you think of that Nancy Grace interview, honey? And I will post that YouTube video of that interview on my social media platform. So that's why you got to make sure that you're following me on everything. It's Crime Time with the Fine Dime on everything. All of it. And join the discussion group, Crime Time with the Fine Dime, on Facebook. And let's discuss these cases. Okay? Because I want to know what y'all think. These was crazy. If you have any requests on crimes involving people of color, honey, go ahead and email them to me at crimetimewiththefinedime1, that's the number one, at gmail.com. Y'all, please be safe out there. Peace and love, dimes. See you next week.